Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. We are in a season of change as a church, a season that has bright possibilities and opportunities in front of us. But yet at the same time, anytime we move through a new season, there is an element of fear and uncertainty. There's an element of we don't know where we're going or what God's going to do. It's interesting to me as I look over almost the last year, let's say the last 10 months, when I announced in June of last year at the business meeting that we were going to uh, pursue selling this building and alleviating the over $5 million in debt, it was interesting to watch that some people didn't come back. Fear drove their lives. They didn't want to be homeless as a church body. And then I had the wreck on October 27th, and I saw probably another 70 people drift away because they were afraid their pastor might die. Folks, I've come to tell you this morning There is always an element of uncertainty in seasons of change. The people of God, however, choose to exercise their faith, to stand in faith, and see God do great things in them and through them. I'm sorry for those who've drifted away because they're going to miss what may be the greatest thing God's ever done in this church. As we choose to follow Him, As we choose to walk in faith and see him do great things. Now, let me assure you, as I did last week, we won't be homeless. When this sale closes, we'll lease the building back if we haven't found another place to go. So God's already made provision and taken care of it. And as I told you last week, the lease payment will be one-third of what the mortgage payment is now. And the great thing is $5 $242,000 and some change will be written off and gone, alleviated. And for the first time in 19 years, this church will be debt-free, debt-free and free to follow God wherever He leads us. You know, there's parts of me that really don't understand why that's a threat or scary to individuals. But it's because we're humans. It's because we fail to walk in the Spirit. And we yield to the temptations of the flesh. Fear is a temptation of the flesh. Fear is a spirit. And Paul says, the scripture tells us very clearly that we don't have to live in and under that spirit. You know, when I think about change, none of us really like it unless we see a positive outcome before the change occurs. But have you learned that most times you don't see the outcome until you walk through the change? It doesn't happen in advance, but when you get there, then you're amazed, you marvel. Why was I so hesitant to move to where God is leading me? Because where God is leading you and us as a church is a better place. Better in every way. A place where we can reach this community, this state, this nation, and the world a place where we are free to give more than we've ever given before to the cause of evangelizing the world for Jesus Christ. I'm looking forward to the day when I can tell you we gave as much to reaching people for Christ as we spent on ourselves. Oh, come on, folks. It's time to recognize God has a whole different economy 
that doesn't include debt. Does not. He wants us to be free. He wants to be liberated. And he will make the way before us. But walking by faith, and I've told you this many times, is a step-by-step process. Once you take a step, you receive more light. Once you take a step, you receive more light. Once you take a step, you receive more light. And then all of a sudden, you're in the place where he wants you to be, and you're amazed at his goodness, at his grace, at his mercy. Someone said, aren't you concerned? I am not concerned. I'm going to follow him in faith and see what God has in store for you and I. But sometimes we really don't like change, do we? It brings things into our lives we can't even imagine. You know, change happens every day. We can resist it, but it's going to occur. From the moment we're born, we begin to die. You know, every morning I get up and I look in the mirror and I think, who is this guy that's captured Steve Dow? That's not him. Put that picture up, would you, Christian? Because, see, I see myself as a 25-year-old, not a 65-year-old. Yeah, that's me. 40 years ago. Hard to imagine, isn't it? Black hair, black mustache. My, my whiskers are all gray. I don't even want to grow them anymore. See, that's who I see when I look in the mirror. But the reality is, that guy's way back down in my past. All of us, you can take that down, Christian. That's enough torture. All of us want to see something different. But sometimes we don't want to walk through the process of finding that different. Last week we talked about God guiding Joshua and the children of Israel across the Jordan into the promised land that he fought for seven years to take the property and the land that God had promised to Abraham. And you mentioned it, Cal, in the Abrahamic covenant. Joshua was determined to return to Israel what God had promised to them long, long, long before that. We talked about the fact that God said to him four times in chapter 1 of Joshua, be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous, be strong and courageous, four times. And any time we're moving through a season of change, we need the strength of the Holy Spirit filling our life. And we need his courage to infuse us. Because if we don't have those two things, we'll find ourselves folding or fleeing. We'll find ourselves doubting the promises of God. We'll find ourselves questioning what God really wants for us. But when we are strong, when we stand, when our face is set like flint, when we refuse to bow or to bend, and when we say, I am going to follow God and follow the presence of God, that's what we talked about. God said to Joshua, tell the children of Israel, when they see the ark, follow the ark. The ark was the presence of God in that day and time. Oh, hear me, friend. Following the presence of God demands, demands, demands that we don't sit still. Here's the problem with a lot of Christians. We remember what happened years back. And we pitch our tent in that memory rather than acknowledging it was a great thing that God did, letting it build our faith and give us courage and move on to his next. We stay right back there. Refuse to budge. We refuse to move. You see, when God is moving in a generation, there will always be a new sound and a new song. 
Wednesday night, I had the opportunity to preach in the youth service. We had about 40 students there Wednesday night. And I love the fact that out of this group, God is raising a mighty army. God is raising preachers and teachers and worship leaders and songwriters. God is raising boys and girls to be men and women of courage and faith and determination and to press on and follow Him. See, in this generation, He's raising a new sound. And the new sound has nothing to do with yesterday and everything to do with tomorrow. When we determine to follow the presence of God, we must shut out every distraction. You know what the Israelites saw as a distraction? Yeah, it was the Jordan River in flood stage. How are we ever going to cross that? And then God rolled back the waters when the priests stepped their feet in the water. And they stayed rolled back until the whole nation of Israel marched across. And then their obstacle was the city of Jericho. It had never been conquered. The walls were high and thick. It was absolutely impossible for anyone previous to take that city and capture it. But listen, listen, when you're in a new season, what you have always thought impossible becomes reality, and the battles you have wanted to fight but couldn't fight are going to be won through the power of Jesus Christ. A new season. A new season. Last Sunday morning, a lady was freed of demon possession right here in this altar. Last Sunday morning, and I'm going to steal a bit of your testimony, Sarah. Sarah was sitting at home watching the service online, and I, I quote her. She said, I was just angry. I was angry at you, speaking of me, for the things that you were saying. And then I said, why am I angry? And she begins writing her prayer, and somewhere in writing that prayer, the Spirit of God fell on her and delivered her from so many things. Come on, folks. It's time to realize it's a new season. You don't have to be in this house. You should be in this house, but you don't have to be in this house for God to touch you. The tool of the online service is one that's touching hundreds and thousands of people around the world. Not long ago, our CPA told me I watch every service. He goes to another church. Our church attorney told me I watch every service. And if my kids weren't teenagers and locked into this church, I would be there. Well, I'm waiting for his kids to graduate, amen? Make good on that. Listen, new seasons require that we be flexible and allow God to move in our life. We cannot be so planted in yesterday that we stay there. Yes, we remember. Yes, we thank God. Yes, we allow it to encourage us what he did one time or back then. But today is a new season. The fresh wind of the Spirit of God is blowing, and he wants to move you from where you have set your tent to fold it up and to follow him into something new. That's pretty good preaching, whether you know it or not. That's why Isaiah said it this way. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I like the way the message says it. It says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present, 
I'm about to do something brand new. Oh, that's an encouraging scripture. That should make us want to press in and see exactly what God has for us. Someone said recently, well, this generation is going to hell in a handbasket. That's true. But in the midst of the rebellion, in the midst of the rioting, in the midst of their chaos and confusion, God has prepared an outpouring of His Holy Spirit that will rescue and redeem and set people free, both young and old. God has prepared you for this moment, for this season, to see things begin to change. We're not going to stay where we once were. We're going to move forward. We're going to move forward in faith knowing that God has something greater for you and I. And we will not be dissuaded, discouraged by what's happening out there around us. We understand there's a real devil. He is at work. His desire is to steal, kill, and destroy. But we also understand Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And we also understand the same power that dwelt in him now dwells in us, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. And what he did, we can do also in his name. Folks, it's time to stop running from the devil and attack. A new season gives us the courage to face the things we've always refused to face and attack. I'm not proud of the story I'm about to tell you, but you need to hear it. When I was that 25-year-old preacher, I went to Bangladesh to do a youth camp. And I had no idea really what that entailed. And when I got to the city of Dhaka, the capital city, the missionary said to me, I'm not going to go with you. I'm going to put you on a plane and you're going to go and the pastor there will meet you. He speaks a little English. Well, that's wonderful. I can't wait. This is going to be exciting. Put me on a Bangladeshi plane. The seats are this wide, and there's this much leg room. It was terrible. I'm thinking this isn't a good way to start, but maybe something amazing is going to happen. And I remember the Sunday morning before that first service. I was walking down the street and praying and asking God to move in a powerful way, to save, to heal, to deliver, to fill people with the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a naked man coming down the street. And I knew beyond a shadow of doubt that guy was demon-possessed. But rather than confront him and see deliverance, I chose to turn and go the other way. Because I was not equipped as that 25-year-old preacher to encounter, attack, and defeat the enemy. I'm not proud of that. It wasn't right. God had already given me power. My fear caused me to turn away. Listen, there are some of you in this room that God has placed you in positions to confront the enemy with the power of Jesus Christ and see deliverance occur in Jesus' name. Stop running from it and start running towards it. There is power in Jesus' name. When I think about a new season, there are so many scriptural examples I could share with you. But I want to just give you one this morning. It's a story that Cal referred to of Abram. Abram living in the land of the Chaldees. Abram living with his family, his father's house. We can read it in Genesis chapter 1 verses, or excuse me, chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. 
The Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. Where's he going? No idea. Just to a land that God will show him. You see, if you want to find God's best in your life, you've got to be willing to follow him to where he's going to show you what's new. Until you are willing to follow him, you will never experience that in your personal life. Verse 2. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow, what a promise. But it didn't stop with Abraham. We too have a covenant through the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. And we too can say, where you lead, I will follow. Where you take me, I will go. What you reveal to me, I will enjoy and share with those around you. Oh, some, I'm telling you today, it's time that you had a new revelation of where God is taking you. You've been stuck in that same place for so long. And when we get stuck, you know what we see? We see negative things. We see all the distractions around us. But when we determine, I'm going to follow God into my new season, we see his promise. We see his hope. We see his help. We see his power. We see his provision. Oh, come on. Follow him into a new season. Verse 4 says, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed Haran. I want you to think about that for just a moment, because this whole scripture brings a lot of questions to my mind. It gives us the overarching view, but it doesn't give us the details. And I like details. I want you to think about this for just a moment. Leave your father's house, leave your family, and follow me. Leave everything that's familiar, everything that you have known your entire life, the support system that you have in place, and follow me. No friends, just your immediate family. Take your livestock with you and just follow me. Follow me. I'm telling you, we make things way too complicated because God is still saying, leave the past and follow me. Leave your place of comfort and follow me. Leave that place where everything functions and works as he says it will do and follow me. It takes great courage to follow God into a new season. Imagine, he's married. His wife is Sarah. Think with me. He goes home and he says, hey, wife, I had an encounter with God. And God said, we're to pack up and move on and leave all of our family behind to a new place that he will show us. Can you imagine this? Women like details, right? Well, I need to know when we're going. I need to know what to pack. I need to know where are we going to live? I can almost hear Abram saying, oh, by the way, I stopped at uh, Bass Pro on the way home and I picked up a bunch of tents and we're going to live in those. Where are we going to live? What are we going to eat? What will the future look like? Will we ever have a child? And Abram goes on to tell him, oh, by the way, part of following him means that at some point, you who are barren, who cannot have children, will conceive and you'll bring a son. And out of that son, a mighty nation will arise. Can you imagine that? 
Abraham was 75 years old already. It's an amazing thing. But he chose to follow God through obedience. To do what the Lord asked him to do. In spite of the questions, in spite of the uncertainties, he said, I'm following God. There are a lot of questions and a lot of uncertainties with our next. There are things we just don't know yet. God hasn't revealed it. But that not, is not a place where we begin to fear. It's a place where faith rises up within us. The joy of the Lord fills us. And we begin to say, Lord, we will follow to the place you prepared for us. That po provides endless opportunities in him. So don't be afraid. Matter of fact, years, decades, centuries later, when the Apostle Paul was talking about faith, he referenced Abraham in Romans chapter 4. Verse 17 says, I made you a father of many nations. This is God speaking to Abram, and Paul is quoting him. In the presence of him who believed, God who gives life to the dead, and listen to this, and calls those things that are not as though they exist. And then he speaks of Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, your descendants shall be. Verse 19, I love this. It's been one of my favorite scriptures. When I don't know what to do, I read Romans 4, 19 through 21. And not being weak in faith, he didn't consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Well, I've come to tell you, we serve a God who calls things that are not as though they are. God has spoken 25 years earlier and said, if you follow me, Abram, if you obey me, Abram, then from Sarah's womb will come a child who will be the father of the nations. He did not waver, verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, verse 21, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Oh, I'm looking for some people this morning who will say, I want to have the faith of Abraham. I want my life to be built upon the fact that God is able to call things that are not as though they are. I don't want to stagger at the promise of God through my unbelief, but I want to be strong in my faith, believing that what he has promised, he is able to perform. Oh, somebody hear me. It's a new season, and we're going to follow God and see what God has prepared for us. Fear has no place in this body. Fear has no place in this church. Unbelief and doubt have no place in this place or in your heart and in your life. God is still looking for a people of faith who will not stagger at the promise of God. So that mean? In other words, it means they don't feel the promises of God are so huge they can't be accomplished. Who have an otherworldly mindset. Who believe that what he has promised, he is able also to perform. God is looking for a people who dare to believe that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or even begin to think. Oh, come on, think about it, friends. 5,242,000 and some change written off with the stroke of a pen by the hand of God. 
God is doing this thing. He's looking for people who believe that God is greater than the thought process, greater than the logic, greater than the dreams, greater than their imagination. He's looking for a people who will say, you are greater than my hopes and my aspirations. You know the end from the beginning. The latter will be greater than the former, and I am going to follow you. Because when we do that, then we walk into that new anointing. Tom, come back, please. Then we walk into that fresh place. Then we walk into the position where God begins to do things in us we never dreamed or imagined. You say, well, I don't think that applies to me. I have too many issues. Oh, issues are what God likes. Issues are what God specializes in. Maybe you need to be forgiven. All you have to do is ask. Confess Him. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Become the Lord of your life. And change immediately begins to occur. Why do I say that? Because the scripture clearly teaches us that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new from the moment you ask the Lord to be the Lord of your life. Change occurs. Sometimes it is dramatic and immediate. Sometimes it's a process. I love the dramatic and obedient. And, but sometimes... God just says, it's done. The habit is broken. The thought process is reversed. The negativity is expelled from your life. Your hopelessness is gone because he's the king of the universe and he gives you hope when you have no hope. We need to understand that when God begins to move, great things happen in our life. He knows who we are. He knows where we're at. He knows what we struggle with. He knows that. Last Sunday morning, a young lady was delivered from smoking weed. Smoked weed her whole life since she was a teenager. But in a moment of time, the power of the Spirit of God touched her, and that was gone from her life. Somebody shot him out. Come on, we need to understand God is able. God is able. That's why the writer of Hebrews wrote these words in chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. For we do not have a high priest who cannot empathize or be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, our weaknesses. But he was tempted in all points just as we are, yet without sin. Everything that you are tempted by, he's already been there. And he's conquered. He's put it under his feet. And he gives you the power to do the same thing. I love the way the message reads verse 16. It says, so let's walk right up to him and get what he's so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. I'll hear it again. Get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy and accept the help. It doesn't matter who you are, what your struggles are, what your sins may be. I'm here to tell you, there is one sitting on the throne of grace whose name is Jesus, who died that you might be set free, who died that you might be changed from dead to life, who died so that you could have hope and a future. Walk right up to him. We all have access through faith. Across this room right now, stand with me, every person. Stand to your feet. See, I've come to tell you today, and at any moment, this altar is open. Feel free to respond. I've come to tell you today that we serve the God of the impossible. We serve the promise maker and the promise keeper. 
We serve the God who makes something out of nothing. He's the God whose arm is not short and his ear is not deafened. We serve the God who always intervenes when his people ask. We serve the God who is never late, but always right on time. We serve the God who is above all, conquered all, in all, through all. We serve the God who made everything that is and will continue to hold his creation in place according to Colossians chapter two. We serve the God, oh hear me, who is my savior. We serve the God who is my healer. We serve the God who is my deliverer. We serve the God who fills me with the power of the Holy Ghost. We serve the God who is my provision, who always makes a way, who opens up streams in the desert. Oh, we serve the God who is able to take us to our next, to take us to that place he's already ordained for you and I to be. You're in this room this morning and you're online this morning. You're facing a tough circumstance. You need forgiveness. You need healing. You need deliverance. You need provision. You need God to show up in your life right here, right now. Then my advice to you, walk right up to him and accept the grace and the mercy to help you in your time of need. As Tom begins to sing, I've just described you and you need forgiveness, you need healing, you need deliverance. You know, sometimes we are so proud and because of that, we miss out on what God is doing in our lives. We allow our pride to keep us from responding when all God wants us to do is say, here am I, do something in me. Every one of us at one time or another have been at the place where we needed forgiveness where we needed deliverance, where we needed hope. Every one of us have been at the place at one time or another when the cupboard's bare and the bank is empty and we needed provision. Oh, don't forget about the little little woman who told the prophet, I'm gonna make a cake with our last oil and our last meal. My son and I are gonna eat it and we're gonna die. And the prophet said, no, make me one instead. And then he said, watch what God is gonna do. And when she obeyed, that jar of oil never ran dry. That bin of flour never ran dry. And through the drought, through the famine, God sustained her, not by opening the windows of heaven and pouring out more than she could contain, but by giving her what she needed every day to walk through the circumstance and the problem. So the altar calls for you this morning. Spirit of God's in this place. You may not see Jesus physically, but you feel him in your spirit, in your heart. And he is here to bring transformation into your life. So right now, just step out and come as Tom begins to sing. We're gonna pray the prayer of faith. God's gonna touch you. Jesus is gonna be healing, bring healing into your life. Step out and come right now. You need something from him. Don't wait for anybody else. Step out and come. This is your opportunity. This is your day. This could be the start of your new season by simply obeying Him. Come on, step out and come. God's talking to you. Respond today. Sing it out, Tom. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? 
Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.